it, it can be easy to shut off opportunities because we think we can't make it or we might not be good enough. And I would say don't say no to an opportunity, especially if there's something that you value in it, because I think things work out in the end. Even if you're drastically changing career, sometimes you need to be in one career to move on to the next. You need to be in one situation so that you can learn something that will put you to the next level. Hello, welcome to the first episode of the new season of the show formerly called Act Inspired Behavior. This season is taking on a new name and it's called The Vibrant Introvert. One of the biggest values around this new title and this new way of telling story is that I want to uplift and empower voices that are not often heard or recognized, the voice of an introvert. The stories that you will hear this season will range from shy introverts, outgoing introverts, and those who consider themselves a blend of introvert and extrovert. Some of the stories may also include the experience of social anxiety. Not all introverts will have social anxiety, but some of them do, and even those who call themselves an extrovert may experience it too. In this work, I want to bring to light how common social anxiety really is, the fact that it's the third most common psychological disorder in the U.S. with a lifetime prevalence rate of approximately 12%, and the fact that as many as 80% of individuals with social anxiety disorder do not receive any sort of support for this condition. So I stand here passionate about telling these stories because this is my story too. And I would just say, you know, you've probably learned this from me as you've listened to the last season of the podcast, but I also battle social anxiety, the self-deprecating thoughts like, why am I so damn socially awkward and plagued constantly by the question of how do I get better? I felt the pain of this the most between my college years and into my early 30s, and now I continue to experience it all the same, (laughs) but in some ways not, because I've learned tools to navigate it, to own it, to accept it, and enjoy my life vibrantly with it. And as an introvert and as someone who is deeply wishing to connect with others, I wish to also connect with you, the listener. If I can do anything in this work, it is to empower not only the voices and stories of those who we highlight here, but also voices like yours. In addition to sharing the many journeys of other vibrant introverts, I deeply wish to disseminate a framework which has been instrumental in my transformational change, and that's the work of acceptance and commitment therapy. So welcome to The Vibrant Introvert, the show about real people experiencing introversion and social anxiety, their stories of transformation and change, and how they thrive in their daily lives, all told through the lens of acceptance and commitment therapy. I'm Gabby Lanier. To start off our season, I want to ask you a question. What is an introvert and how would you define the term? Of course, there's lots of definitions out there, books written, blog posts, but what is your definition? The reason I ask this is because you probably have an answer and I bet your brain has already started the work of pinging around your vast network of words, phrases, memories, and gut feelings that all tie back to this word. If I had asked myself this very question about 10 years ago, I might not have come up with very nice ways of describing introversion. So if I were to ask you more specifically, so get ready, I want you to tell me five words as quick as you can that come to mind when you think of the word introvert. Are you ready? Go. 
So what did you come up with? For me, when I did this very same thing, I wrote out the words quiet, soft-spoken, shy, alone, and focused. For you, it might be different, but it also might be similar. And whatever words you came up with, it's not wrong. It's simply a product of your learning history, a product of the many things that you've learned, that you've been taught directly and indirectly. So in this show, I hope to shake up your many associations and assumptions about introversion. And in the process, this may even impact the way that you see yourself toward a perspective that's a little bit more flexible, a little bit more accepting, and perhaps bolder in the way that you see yourself. Today, I'm highlighting the journey of a fellow introvert, a listener of this podcast and someone who I've connected with so very much. Her name is Rebecca Perez, and today we're going to hear her story of transformation. Her story involves breaking out of her bubble by moving to a big new city and challenging herself to take on new experiences in pursuit of connecting with values. And in the process, you will hear what new values come up for her and how she also describes herself as an introvert, but also so much more than that. As you listen, I invite you to see how Rebecca began to own her strengths as an introvert, her ability to listen and deeply connect with others while also honoring her needs and her ways of coping with emotional exhaustion. This emotional exhaustion you will hear is and was typical of what she experiences as an introvert and is also something she's learned to navigate through while also still finding ways to connect. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm so happy to talk to you, and I'm excited to hear more about your story today. So um, before we get into our conversation too, too much, I'd love for you to take a moment and have you tell us who you are, what you do, and what you're interested in. Hi, Gabby. Thanks so much for interviewing me. My name is Rebecca. I am currently a BCBA supervisee. I also have a master's in mental health counseling and I'm trying my best to use the best of both worlds professionally. I'm also a single mommy to an almost nine-year-old little girl. Oh, awesome. And what's her name? Antia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like we have, you know, the parenting piece in common. We have, you know, you're, you're um, going to be a, become a BCBA and um, you also attended one of the workshops that I gave back in February around being an introvert. And I just love chatting with you. I feel like every time you talk and just provide some of your insights, we, there's just a lot of things that resonated with me. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and we're going to jump into your story. My initial question as I reached out to you before was, would you be interested in telling folks about your experience as an introvert? And that's the path that I'm starting to take with this podcast is I really want to start interviewing people who have that experience, get a sense of what they think about it, some of the struggles around it, but also some of the ways that, you know, that you've thrived through it all. So do you want to go ahead and get started with your story? And I'll give you a couple of options, Rebecca, either tell folks what your experience is, what your thoughts are on being an introvert, or just go ahead and tell the story about you breaking out of that bubble and you starting to do some of that work. Mm-hmm. I'll do a little bit of both. So to kind of intro it, I mean, I'm sure everyone's familiar with what it means to be an introvert, but depending on who they are and what, how they consider themselves to be, people who are not introverts 
might see us as quiet, the shy person in the corner. Um, and a lot of times, like we talked about, it feels from our perspective, like we just get overlooked because we're not, you know, the shining star in the room all the time. And so it could feel from our end easy to be overlooked and it could feel for other people who are not introverts to overlook us. And so, you know, growing up, even now, a lot of the times I feel like, I feel like that, like people are not really interested in hearing what I have to say, or I get talked over because I might not have the loudest voice in the room. And, um, but it's so much, it's so much more than that. And so, which I think also that kind of idea and we kind of get into our own heads or we live in our own heads as introverts a lot, I think that, um, we feel like, well, no one wants to hear what I have to say anyway. And let me just blend into the background as much as I can since nobody's interested, which can backfire on us and kind of make that stereotype, you know, and reinforce that stereotype of like, see, they don't, they don't care to be heard. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we, that we're in that box. That's a stereotype box. And I don't think that that's a good representation of what we are like, yes, we might like our personal time and we may not love to be in big places with a ton of people all the time, but that doesn't mean that we can't thrive in those environments and have a voice. Yeah, I love that. And I, I really see it as like the spectrum too, because there's that extreme that I've seen in other people and maybe in myself too. And then there's that other half of it, you know, maybe if they're kind of half and half or, or none at all. And so where do you see yourself on that spectrum? Does you, or do you feel like it shifts? It definitely, it definitely shifts. Some days I feel comfortable speaking or being in a place and being a center of attention. Sometimes I don't want anything to do with that or I need days to recover after yeah. something big. Like like right now, this, this week in particular, it's funny that we have this interview this week. I have three, four people inviting me to do stuff and I'm just like, I can't do stuff with all of you because I, I can't handle it. You know? <laughs> like I can't, I can't see all of you. And they, I know people don't understand why that would be too much for us, but sometimes it feels like it's too much. Like I, I, you're my friend. I love you, but I can't just do all the social stuff at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. Okay, quick story. And then I want to get into your story, but I think this will resonate with you because last Easter, this last weekend was the first time I've really hung out with my family in over a year for a holiday. You know, I've seen them, but socially distanced, but now we can hang out with masks on inside, which is huge. And I had such a good time and I journaled about it. I was mentally prepared for it because my family can be a lot for me. And toward the end of it, I went and sat on the couch and it was around 2 p.m. or so and I had been there for six hours I laid on the couch and I laid on my husband and I'm like oh this will revive me and then I look up and they're all playing Scrabble at the table or whatever and I'm like I'm done I'm so done right now and I was exhausted for two days what was it was it the physical playing running around and I was like no 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 it was it was the emotional exhaustion of it all <laughs> It was too much for me. It was great and beautiful and I'm glad I did it. So does that resonate with you? 
I yep. <laughs> I can totally relate. There's there's times like that where it's been like, wow, it's three hours now and it's like I have to keep socializing and you know, like you said, like it's more group more than an individual, but even an individual, depending on who they are, sometimes it's like, okay. I can't imagine here. hours with one other person. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, like one or two hours. Here. That's the max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So we have a lot in common. So let's get into your story because you were talking about um, during our phone conversation, this idea of breaking out of your bubble. So maybe breaking out of that comfort zone with this big decision that you made. So tell us where that started for you and just how it unfolded. Yeah. So growing up, like we talked about, I always felt like I am an introvert. (laughs) And so when I got to 25, um, I decided, you know what, I want to move to New York City. And it was a radical change. It was something completely different than what I was used to. Um, Even though I was in my 20s, I was still kind of used to fly under the radar. And I knew that moving to New York City, I only knew one person. And so for the most part, I would have to do all of this by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that time, I mean, moving to New York though was a, at a higher value than staying in my introvert bubble. And mm-hmm. so I kind of found the, the energy, the strength to just do it. Um, and then shortly after I got there, the other person I knew, I didn't know them anymore. And then I was completely alone in New York City where there's millions of people, not just a few people, literally on top of you at any given moment. Mm. And and it was a very like make it or break it moment. Like I'm here, am I going to allow the fact that I don't know anybody and that I feel shy or I need time to myself it, am I going to allow that to um, take over and ha- force me to leave? Or am I going to stay here because this is where I wanted to be? So quick question for you. I think I know the answer to this, but just to clarify. So you initially made this decision to, was it to be with a, a partner? You moved there for some yes. And did they convince yes. you to go? How did that play out? It was it was self-motivation. Before I had even started really seeing this person, um, I had already been considering this for a few years. Oh, okay. Okay. It, that was just like the deciding factor. It was, I had just graduated my undergrad and I had nothing going on, you know, where I'm from. And then I was seeing this person long distance. So I said, okay, now is the time. And I, I jumped. <laughs> Okay. So it's kind of that spark that catalyzed this move for you. But then when you get there, things kind of didn't work out. (laughs) Was that right away? Or how long did did that happen? Less than two months after getting there, things didn't work out. Um, So that's when I knew it was, well, I can stay and do what I really wanted to do. Like, yeah, the, the partner was nice, you know, motivator, but it wasn't I guess at that point I realized that wasn't the full reason why I was there. Um, And I was like, no, we're here. We're going to do it. Like people don't get this opportunity. Let's, let's see who we can become, you know, out of this experience. Did that surprise you at all that you wanted to stay? Yeah. And I think it surprised a lot of 
my family who figured like, oh, she'll be back. Cause I would hear that all the time, like you'll be back in no time. And the longer every month <laughs> that I was there, every year that I was there, it was like a, a shock. To, it was a shock to me too. Some days I would be like, I can't believe I live here and I'm, I'm still here. It's been a year, it's been a year and a half. I'm still, I'm still doing it. That impresses me. Yeah. And I, basically <laughs> I considered a move to New York too at one point and it was just, it just didn't work out for whatever reason, but I really, I, I can recognize that that is a huge leap, you know, um, especially if you're someone who's not from like a huge city like New York. So what motivated you to stay? What were you doing in that, those early days? <laughs> I was just trying to really ground myself, find a place. So I had just graduated my undergrad, even though it, was, it took me a while to under uh, to graduate, but um, I couldn't find, it was right in the beginning of the recession and I couldn't find much work. So I started working in retail, doing my hobby, which was makeup. And so I was able to turn my hobby, which I really was passionate about into my career. Um, and I knew that that was probably the only place I was going to be able to really uh, thrive in that field. So I just kind of ran with it. And then people liked me, people wanted me to, to work. And so that helped motivate me to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were saying you worked somewhere downtown. Is that right? I worked in a huge, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say names of, of places, but I, <laughs> I worked, I worked at one of, at the time, it was one of the largest Sephora's in the country, I believe. Um, so it was in, in Midtown Manhattan and it was two stories and there was just thousands of customers that would come in every day. So my little introvert self would have to speak to hundreds of people every single day. <laughs> And then I would do freelance too. So I would have to go into sometimes people's homes that were complete strangers to do work. And so here I am talking to a lot of people every single day. Wow. And that's, that experience has got to be so different from college too, right? Where you get to pick and choose, but when that's your livelihood, you're kind of forced into it. So do you feel like that was that second layer you um, coming out of that bubble yeah, like you said, I, I was forced to do it. I, I didn't have a choice. My choice was show up and get paid or stay home and then have to leave because I, I wouldn't be able to afford my life. So um, I kind of would, I mean, some days it was harder than others where I would say, you got to put on that face and you got to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, it just became like a, just a part of my life. And then it just started flowing where it's like, okay, I'm at work. I do my work stuff. Later, I can go home and be quiet, <laughs> but this is just how my life flows. And it just became like a, a flow. And I think part of it too was that at that point, I didn't, the introvert label didn't really bother me or affect me as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to, I want to go back a little bit because, you know, during that time when you're first being coming exposed to these new situations that are challenging for you, what kind of internal barriers showed up for you? What were you thinking? What were you saying to yourself? What were you feeling on the inside? I think I, I think there was a lot of times where I felt like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. What um, does the future hold if they, if they want me to do this? 
will I be able to say yes to it? Um, I, I honestly wasn't sure how long I could keep up doing what I was doing. Um, which was, that was really, you know, really difficult for me because I, I lived in uncertainty for a while. Mm -hmm. And did you confront things, you know, let's say for example, you're, you, you have a customer, you know, sitting in that chair and you're starting to do your job. What things came up for you then, if anything, around maybe what, what you perceived them to be thinking about you or your interactions with them? Um, I mean, most of the time when I was at work, my brain, I would shift into the work mode. And so would have to do the small talk. And I mean, not every customer liked me. I look young. And so I just, I remember this one lady one time, she was really rude to me because she kept calling me a 12 year old. And she was like, how could they hire you? You're, you're 12 years old. And she, she was insulting me pretty much the whole time. And I had to be strong and they, that was my client. And I had to just, you know, carry on through the makeup application and just be like, ma'am, I assure you I'm 18 years at, over 18. I was in my twenties. Um, I've been doing this for years and kind of give her the background, talk about the product and just kind of go into work Rebecca mode. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. I wonder if it was just easier that way. Cause it's like, okay, I'm going to put on this other hat. You're putting on this show for people. And that felt mm -hmm. comfortable for you after a while. Definitely. They actually called, I don't know if they still call it this, but they called the sales floor the stage and we were the cast. Cool. So I, I was able to, yeah, I was able to kind of some days when I needed to really kind of be a cast member. And then some days I could be myself and allow myself to, to you know, be passionate. I mean, I was also passionate about the work that I was doing. So yeah. And so you have these expectations of what you should do, how you should show up, how you should act. When you came home from work, how did that transition go for you? I was drained most days when I would come home from work. Um, and it was just like, I, sometimes I would, you know, be able to keep going out and socializing. Um, some of that was just kind of, I guess, to escape. Right. But, um, I would come home absolutely drained on my days off. I would just not go anywhere. Yeah. Couldn't. Yeah. And was that from just putting on that show during the day? Yeah. Some, I mean, some of it was, you know, physical, I was on my feet for eight, nine hours a day, but yes, a lot of it was also emotional where I felt like I can breathe and I lived with a really quiet roommate. So that was great. <laughs> I could yeah. just be in silence, sleep, I would sleep a lot, sleep, um, this is pre-baby, <laughs> um, and just take the time that I needed to regroup. What was the value that you were starting to find in that work, being there in New York and kind of in your 20s, which is a really exciting time in your life, you know? What were some of the things that you were excited about kind of kept you motivated? Definitely the freedom um, aspect. I mean, I come from a culture where kids are really, even as adults, are I don't want to say babied, but there's a strong connection between like uh, parents and kids. So that even it, even today in my 30s, you know, my my parents kind of you know view me as younger and like they have to protect me. And so I went from an environment like that to complete freedom, and I really valued. I really enjoyed that. And then from the work itself, even though it was draining a lot, I did have the opportunity when I could to connect one to one with people and 
past the small talk and get to know a lot of people on a personal level because I would have people also sit in the chair who would tell me their complete life story mm -hmm. in two hours and who at that moment I felt like, hey, this is something important. This is beyond makeup. This is real life at this point. And this person, for some reason, trusts me enough to tell me their entire life story or whatever they're going through. And so I really, I valued that. So even the, the hard days or when, you know, retail could be absolutely daunting and the days that it was just, it's a, it's a holiday season and there's just so many people that kind of kept me going. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I know that before when we were talking, you're saying that one of your strengths, and maybe this ties back to being an introvert too, is you're a really good listener. And so there's that piece there. And by listening to people, what value did you get out of that? Yeah, definitely connection and just being there for somebody. But yeah, making like that, that connection more than just superficial. Um, and especially being in, by myself in a place while I did value freedom, there's also a sense of connection that you don't have. And so it was really nice to be able to talk to someone and, and know their background and what, where they came from and just more personal things about them. And I, I really love listening to people's stories and I got to, I got to do that. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so I want to point something out real quick about Rebecca's story. Do you see how her values that she originally had when she first moved to New York, you know, they're all around creativity and independence and freedom, and then those values morphed over time. That is such a common thing to happen, and I'm sure that you've experienced it too. And if I were to kind of try to conceptualize it in a way, it's kind of like your building the plane as you're flying it or you're, you know, you're laying the brick of the road or the path ahead of you as you're walking on it. <laughs> and that's kind of what she did. And she also, you know, I was talking before about her breaking out of that bubble, that bubble, she was comfortable with it. And she also recognized that it was limiting her in so many ways, so many ways of, you know, being able to express those values that she really had for herself. So by popping that bubble and breaking out of it, she was able to start moving forward. But as she moved along, she realized that she had to create that path for herself. And that can be really scary. Um, but at the same time, it can be so rewarding. And as I mentioned before, you know, as, as she went along that path, she really started to discover some of those new values that were popping up for her along the way. Those values of connecting with people, of building relationships, of, you know, building trust with people, showing empathy for people. And so one thing that I really wanted to highlight here in this particular um, story was the processes from acceptance and commitment therapy, the processes of valuing and the process of committed actions. And as you might remember, the, the framework of ACT is really composed of those six different processes, which together comprise this larger skill set called psychological flexibility. And in other words, it's this ability to mindfully navigate towards one's values through a world that is constantly exposing you to pain and suffering, but with this growing sense of self-compassion 
and perspective taking, responding to life's inevitable pain and discomfort in this really open and accepting way. So the processes, again, that I want to highlight here are those skills of valuing and committed action. I've highlighted the ways that Rebecca began to recognize those values and how she started kind of laying that path for herself. And so now I invite you to see how her journey is defined not only by those values, but by those small series of committed actions, which really is her just taking each step forward along that path. And one large commit action that she made for herself was choosing to go to New York City in the first place. But her deciding to then stay there, her deciding to kind of move forward in that path that she had laid before herself, those are all also committed actions that she made for herself, pushing herself toward those values out of her comfort zone, out of her escape, out of her bubble, toward a life that she found really exciting and really fulfilling. Okay, so before we go back to Rebecca's story, I want to let you know that the workshop we refer to um, that I actually met Rebecca through was called a focus group for vibrant introverts. And I led this group in February live with about 10 people. Um, I was feeling really inspired to go ahead and make this workshop available to everybody for free. So it's a 45 minute course that you can actually um take right off of my website. But basically what we do in this workshop is I guide you through a series of journaling prompts, act-based exercises, and then ways to navigate through your individual stuck points. So if you're interested in checking that out, go to my website, actinspiredbehavior.com and click on the button that says workshops and you'll find it under there. Okay, so let's go back to Rebecca's story. See how her journey unfolded from here with her values leading her to that next step, that next committed action along her journey. How did this journey start to unfold? Because you're starting to make these one-on-one connections with clients, you know, you said for an hour at a time. And I know that was pretty huge for you in terms of really motivating you and keeping you doing the work. You're finding meaning, you're finding purpose in that. Where did that shift for you start to happen in your career as you started moving forward past those early 20s, fresh out of college years? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I knew I didn't want to do retail forever. And even though I loved makeup, I stopped finding value in that piece of it and started finding value in the connection piece of it. And so I was able to say, well, I, I enjoyed the talking to people and the connection and and being a support for people. Let's use that skill to transition into a different field. And so that's where the idea of counseling kind of sparked at that point, kind of an easy transition to go from, you know, makeup chair counselor to let's be a real life one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that reminds me of my friend Kelly. She's a hairstylist. And she says, this, she says similar things like I should get paid more because I'm basically doing counseling. <laughs> so while well, it's come to me for years for it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I feel like there's a sense too, like if someone's trusting you enough to touch their hair or their face, they feel like they can open up emotionally um, because they're putting a lot of trust in you. That's so interesting. It's interesting too, to look at career paths and see those, those different connections. Okay. This led me here. And then I discovered this new thing about myself, which led me here. And it, it, it makes sense as you're saying those things, but if someone were to look at a resume, they'd be like, Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, with all these different career changes, look at these choices you made, but they, you know, it's, that's kind of the context of your life. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say in terms of like wrapping up your story, just bringing yourself to today, how this might've impacted your journey? Yeah. I I mean, I would say never, it, it can be easy to shut off opportunities because we think we can't make it or we might not be good enough. And I would say, don't say no to an opportunity, especially if there's something that you value in it, because I think things work out in the end. Even if you're drastically changing career, sometimes you need to be in one career to move on to the next. You need to be in one situation so that you can learn something that will put you to the next level. So I think it's just really important to trust your instinct. I know it's easier said than done, but sometimes you just kind of have to put fear on the back burner and say, okay, you're here. I know you're here, fear, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree looking back at every single decision you've made, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that decision because then it would change where I am today and who I am and how I see myself. All of those decisions were really important part of who I am now. So absolutely. Uh, I'm glad that we've crossed paths, you know, I know. <laughs> I just, I feel that way about so many people in my life right now. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. And actually I have one more question for you before we go. Um, Of all of the people that you met way back in New York doing their makeup, what was the weirdest or kind of funniest? (laughs) I had this one uh, recurring client who she would come in all the time and with like her hot new gossip. And I thought she was hilarious because she would be like, let me tell you what happened. This, I mean, she had issues with her mother-in-law. So I was kind of like her shoulder. <laughs> and I, as soon as I would see her come in, she was always trying to give me little gifts and we couldn't accept gifts. So she was like, I'm going to drop it off in the front of the store and you can just come around and, and pick it up and come back in. And I, I'm going to have to, you know, graciously decline. But she was really funny. I loved when she would come in. That's awesome. I wonder where she is now. She probably found another makeup artist. (laughs) She probably did. She found someone else, I'm sure. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to follow up with you. And so in the meantime, if you want to um, send me some audio, you know how I put audio clips into the interviews kind of at the end of the episodes. It could be you and your daughter. Actually, you know, it would be really cute if you told your daughter about some of those experiences in New York or asked her what is an introvert, do you think she's an introvert or on that spectrum? No. No. Oh, that would be so interesting. My my son is the opposite of me as well. (laughs) No, no, she, she actually, so, you know, as an introvert, I get shy sometimes to like ask for something or be like, excuse me, can I? And she will just be like, excuse me, we need a straw or she will do it for me. And I feel, I find that so interesting. That's cute. Yeah. Everyone's different. Okay. Well, I will send you an email. I'll follow up and yeah, I can't wait to get this published. Thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. Have a great day. Thanks, Gabby. You too. So do you think that you are an introvert? Yeah. And sometimes I'm an in-introvert. What is an in-introvert? It's like the opposite of an introvert. You just heard from Rebecca Perez, a woman, a single mommy, a creative, a counselor, an upcoming behavior analyst, and a vibrant introvert. 
If you're interested in reaching out or connecting to Rebecca, find her on Instagram at behavior underscore beautiful. In her story, you got to hear how she took a series of small committed actions leading her on a journey defined by ever-evolving values. You heard how she got stuck and struggled with introversion, but also how she learned to accept those struggles, move through them, and even explore her greatest strengths, leading her from college graduate to makeup artist to counselor and very soon behavior analyst. By getting past the small talk and the simple show that she literally, literally they told her to put on a show. I think that's so interesting. Um, So going from that small talk to putting on a show on stage in that makeup world, she was able to connect one-on-one to people and hear their life story and then lean into those strengths and values that she had around building trust and showing empathy and connecting with others. So... Did you find yourself nodding to that part in her story when she started talking about emotional exhaustion? Um, Because I certainly did. And it is still an experience that both she and I experience today. That said, it doesn't have to be this brick wall that prevents her from continuing to move toward her goals. It's just a way for her to, you know, recognize when she's hitting that wall, (laughs) metaphorically, and then learn how to navigate um, through it. Okay, so deciding to stay in New York City and finding a roommate and doing all of those different things that she ended up having to do, including having to, you know, stand up and experience criticism, all of these actions acted in commitment to her deepest values. And maybe not all of the time, and that's okay, but that's why our journeys aren't linear and perfect, but they're complex and unexpectedly wonderful. So remember Rebecca's words, don't say no to an opportunity. Sometimes you need to be in one career to move to the next, or to be in one situation that will move you to the next level. So if it calls to you, take that first step and see where it leads you. And why would you say that? Because like sometimes I'm not afraid to speak up. Hmm. And what else? And um, also my favorite animal are sharks and (laughs) I love orange. And also unicorns aren't really my style, but I like them. If you are interested in reaching out and telling your story, would like to take the Vibrant Introvert mini course, would like to join our monthly group called ACT Collective, or receive one-on-one individualized support and guidance on your own personal journey, check out my service, Coaching for Vibrant Introverts, which specializes in serving those with anxiety and social anxiety. You can find me on Instagram at ACT Inspired Behavior or at my website, actinspiredbehavior.com. I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for each new episode bright and early every other Wednesday. And perhaps you know someone who could relate to Rebecca, myself, or might benefit from this story because of what is going on in their life. If so, text them the link or share it with them on social media. Thank you so much. So do you think that you're the opposite of an introvert because you like those things or because you like to talk about those things? I like to talk. To who? anyone just not strangers good idea (laughs) thanks mom 
Hello again. I want to take a moment and say that this podcast is for educational purposes only. Content and conversation provided in this podcast should not be taken as or replace professional or therapeutic recommendations. As a board-certified behavior analyst, my goal is to disseminate ACT and behavior analysis to the wider public and have meaningful conversations to further explore our understanding. If you are concerned about your own personal well-being, I encourage you to seek out the help of a licensed professional who can provide individual support to you. Thank you. Do you think that when you're a grown-up that you'd want to move by yourself to some place? Yeah, I'd love to because um, I'll be so free to do whatever I want. Yeah? And I could stay up as late as I want. Do you think you'd be more excited or scared? A little scared, but I can always just invite people. Who are you going to invite? You, Mom.